0: Oh, would you look at that? There's a new episode of the Blackcast on my phone, ready to play right now. Listen in the Blackcast. I don't want to watch what's on the TV. iTunes app, put on the BC. Podcasts on, no talking to me. Listen in the Blackcast. Keep up on comics and movies. Two phone ring, I answer hoodies. I can't talk, call back if you please. Listen in Black. Blackcast. Don't know what you are missing. Damn fine show hosted by Christian. He's just dope, no ass. I'm kissing. Listen in the black cast. Put subscribe on this podcast. You won't be the first, but don't you be last. Listen while you pumping your gas. Listen in the black cast. On this episode, is Jean Grey talking about the things that she say. So distracted, didn't feed Bay. Listen in the black. Met this girl, she smiled in my face. Black ass inch to my place. Had one beer, she brought a whole case. Listen into black cask. Cops knock on the door and listen. Black hats on, they think I'm Christian. Cops ran off, now I ain't trippin'. Listen into black cask. My point is, listen to this show. Don't need me to tell you it's dope. Rock so hard like Johnny Lithgow. Listen into black cask. Oh, yeah the black cast, it's on the Ghost Plan TV or whatever. Oh, it's, oh, it's on Ast TV, that's right. That's that
1: guy, Christian New Rock! Welcome to the Blackcast. Still anti-socially distancing in quarantine. I'm Christian Blad as always. And of course, don't forget at BlackCast on Twitter, the Blackcast on Facebook, and BlackCast.com. B-L-A-D-T-C-A-S-T, that's how you get all those things. Uh, joining us now is a return visit for someone I've actually never seen before, but for those watching on YouTube, I'm seeing Matt Sinkowitz right now. Matt, welcome back to The BlackCast.
2: Oh, thanks very much for having me. It's nice to see you live. You've got, you got more of a Nathan Lane kind of look going than I was expecting there.
1: Yeah, believe me, it's uh, much more than I was expecting as well. <laughs> enough so that... Uh, two non-consecutive years santa claus at the uh at the the glendale not the glendale galleria but the the americana the fancy mall we go to the nice santa to get our pictures every year two different years he's decided that he needed to tell me that i look like he's like anybody ever told you so when he said it last year when he said it last year i was like yes santa you told me two years ago (laughs) he's a handsome man i mean there's no no shame you know uh, I, was, uh, I was in a hallway, I walked past him once uh, when I was an intern on Late Night with Conan O'Brien and mm. he, uh, he's like half an inch shorter than me, but uh, you know, a joke that we used to be more comfortable making is, but I'm a lot gayer than he is. So uh, you know, yeah. uh. I don't know that in 2020 anymore. I don't even know No, I'm- I have no
2: reaction to that.
1: I don't even know if I'm allowed to acknowledge that he's gay. You know, I think I, think uh, I just don't even know. Not,
2: well, it's also, if you don't acknowledge he's gay, that's also a problem.
1: You see, it's so problematic. Uh, and by the way, because there is this video element, I'm able to hold up your book,
2: The oh, Comedy Studies
1: Reader. Look at that. Uh, and uh, you wrote it with uh, Nick Marks, whom uh, I, right? has never been on this show, by the way. But uh, you've been. No, on- you should have him. I, I would like that to. Him. I believe Nick's this is got a, the...
2: a book on sketch comedy. Just the whole oh, thing's on would, sketch. So I would
1: love to talk yeah. to him. Yeah, uh, you know, I uh, I had to reschedule this uh this meeting between you and I, this appearance on the Black House, because I, I spoke with uh, Alan Zwei Bell last week from uh, one of the original Saturday Night Live writers. Ended up talking to him for ninety minutes, and I didn't even get to It's Gary Shandling Show, which I was like, oh, that was really just bad arrangement because I really wanted to talk to him about It's Gary Shandling Show. You know, a lot of people talk about. Uh, the Larry Sanders show, which is great. Of course, But I think too many people overlook uh, It's Gary Shandling's show. Uh, But to be fair, I was doing it for a show that was about SNL for uh, AfterBuzz TV, so I felt like uh, I should should stay on topic. But anyway, uh, lots of stuff for us to talk about. And uh, I wanted to talk about something that's uh, trending a lot right now uh, on what I will start calling the Black Hat to basically tie into Quibi, which I guess hmm. is short for quick bites, which I didn't realize for a really long time.
2: Uh, it took me a lot. Yeah. yeah. It, it's, uh, I mean, it's a very uh, Google friendly name. Sure. If you can figure out how to spell it, but no, it's yeah. totally the, the quick bite thing. Uh, a, I don't love that period. And B, it's, it's not how you, quib B, because it's not quib by. it's quib B. I, I don't yeah. know. I don't, I, that's not working for me.
1: Yeah. And also if you spell quick, the way the quickie Mart does on the Simpsons, then you're definitely going to, you're not going to find it. So that maybe we should start our own service, which is with the K so (laughs) and quick by. Yeah. Yeah. But
2: Although, uh, given, given the business model they're running out, I'm not sure that's the best move <laughs>
1: to, to copy them. Look, the, uh, of all the things that they're rolling out, I was interested to see that they were going to do a, a new season of Reno 911, which, uh, hmm. you know, which I thought was very funny. You know, I mean, it's a, yeah. a, a lot of the, a lot of the gang from the state doing that show, which, you know, I can't honestly say I can't I haven't seen it in a while though they did a movie I remember seeing the movie version of it so it's been a long time since I've seen those characters but I remember really liking it so I'm like oh that's a fun thing to uh, trot out so what is it about Quibi that uh, bothers you so what's your quibble with Quibi
2: okay well so it's it's multifaceted I mean one I feel a little bad that they had this whole I think not super great plan but at least it made some sense you know it's media made for commuting I suppose um you know on the a bus on the train, this kind of thing. And the idea is that all of the episodes and they run like regular genres, more or less dramas, uh, reality shows, sitcoms, uh, but they're all about seven minutes long or quick beats fights, I guess. Uh, And so like in, principle it made like a little bit of sense pre-coronavirus like that that nobody's commuting anymore and people have plenty of time to watch long form now uh or they don't so i have kids i have no time but but people who don't have little kids have time to watch more than seven minutes and people who do have little kids don't have seven minutes so their business plan plan got got rolled over by the whole situation but and maybe this will change at least the shows that i've watched and i have tried to squeeze in a little bit to know what it is um they're just condensing the act structures of okay. traditional genres and it just feels like uh like you know the, the improv game where you do the scene that takes five minutes and they do the scene that takes one minute and they do the scene that takes 30 seconds and yeah. like you do it in like two seconds at the end this is what it feels like it feels like uh people quickly trying to rush through the the plot of a sitcom in about seven minutes and uh it is uh it's one of two possibilities either it just feels really rushed and like the jokes are rushed it's all crammed together or it feels like you need to watch three more to get a satisfying feel anyway so what the hell's the point of the seven minute version um and that's for a sitcom so the two things that i've watched i've watched uh flipped with uh with uh um uh will forte It's actually
0: it's not bad it's not horrible Will forte Forte. and uh
2: and uh um oh what's the uh uh what's her name uh my goodness, my goodness, I'm blanking on it. Uh, uh, Olsen, uh, the Olsen, the other Olson. Elizabeth Olson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, is that it? Yeah. Well, it's good. The, she,
1: yeah, so it's it, basically there's the Olson twins and then Elizabeth uh, Olsen is yeah, the other that's one. that's right. right. So she, uh, and that's like, okay. Again, again, something you don't have to comment on, but uh, I like to say the pretty one is Elizabeth and, and not the twins. But you don't have to comment on that. That's just I'm fine. not going to
2: comment on that yeah. either. I, I, I did call Nathan Lane handsome, but I feel fine with that.
1: Because here's the thing, he is handsome. He's, he's handsome, that's and right. you're not. You're not saying he's more handsome than his uh, his twin brothers, you know. He's I'm like, not comparing right?
2: him to to anyone. I, I maybe you, but I. I I'm I, I gonna made, say made, I'm
1: more handsome, handsome than. He, I'm gonna he. say I'm more handsome than he is only because I'm younger. You know, when he was 44, he was probably more handsome than me.
2: But well, I, think, I feel you know. like he's aging with grace. But we'll, yeah, that's, that's, that's another true. another discussion. <laughs> you're gonna get an AARP call now. Yeah, anyway, back to, back, anyway to, back, back to anyway back to Quibby. Yeah. So it feels very rushed and jammed in, even if the performances are good. And, and Flipped was actually sort of okay. Uh, but uh, I also watched um, The Most Dangerous Game, or Most Dangerous Game, uh, which is uh, the first episode but all I could get through. And it's just uh, uh, Christoph Waltz explaining to Leon Helmsworth the plot of the story, The Most Dangerous Game which I feel everybody knows either implicitly or, or, or not. I mean, it's just that you're, they're going to hunt Liam Hemsworth. Like that's the, that's the I, plot of the episode, okay. but that's the whole episode is, is him explaining there's this game and rich people hunt
1: people. Wasn't, wasn't that that movie that uh, didn't come out for a long time and then they finally put out, but then they closed all the movie theaters, the hunt, you know, that was, Yeah, uh, yeah. it sounds like the
2: same thing. It, well, it is, and it's an yeah. ancient story, and literally yeah. ancient, but it's this old trident, like you've seen it a thousand times, but you watch seven minutes and you get a plot, exp- like, like the, the premise explained to you. Okay. But I, I knew the premise from the title, and so <laughs> it, yeah. like, that's the end of it. So uh, what are my, my complaints? My complaint essentially is that uh, it would take a long time to develop a storytelling format. In which seven minutes i didn't either didn't feel like a fast forward regular show sure. or just part of a regular show and both of those are terrible because if i have to watch three episodes to get a decent story that's no good and if it's just a fast forward on a on a will forte sitcom i'll just go watch last man on earth again
1: yeah absolutely i agree with that yeah i think that and to to your point about short form content for design for people who are commuting I, I, where are the cities where your commute is 10 minutes? You know, wow. I mean, I, I think you, you're, you're in Boston. I'm in Los Angeles. I, yeah. we don't, we don't really take mass transit out here, but it, it exists. Yeah. And I've taken it to some events. You know, there are ways, you know, there's, look, there's a lot of people who take the bus, you know, because it's the, they just, they don't have a car. So there yeah. are people who do commute in Los Angeles,
2: but but not for seven minutes,
1: <laughs> not for seven minutes. <laughs> so sure. I think that through, what we you know. have to do with our K you know, spelling of quick and by. so kwai by I think we need Quibai. to do about 20-second shows for people who have to go downstairs, oh. you know, because you're you're in your – it looks like you're in a garage or a basement. I uh, usually – a
2: boiler room, yes. Yeah,
1: boiler room, yeah. I usually yeah. – a great Ben Affleck movie, by the way. I, yeah, I, not bad. I uh, also – usually I'm in, in this room in the back of my garage. Uh, my wife and yeah. the kids are out, so uh, I'm able to actually sit upstairs at a table. And, look, I have this nice – Uh, original map of disneyland behind me so it's uh, something to show off uh usually it's usually it's a bunch of like dirty old uh, comic book boxes and and you know trinkets and stuff behind me but anyway usually yeah i mean if i had a show i could watch for like you know 20 seconds as i walk down the stairs I, i might check it out
2: so you're describing tiktok ex- essentially but yeah. one that's le- less less uh statutorily uh inappropriate yeah, for a, a right. man I, of Nathan Lay- Nathan Lane's age
1: correct and i don't uh, i i don't need the dancing and this i i want you know if you're going to give me a tiktok length outlet i want it to still tell a story so tell me tiktoks you could have like a you know chapter 78 you know, it's fine.
2: I, yeah, I, 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 I occasionally have have uh, I, I I teach uh, media studies at Boston sure. College. I don't know if we got that out, but I try to keep up a little bit. Which is frankly, yeah. why I'm trying to watch the the, the Quibi. So I've, I, every so often, I download TikTok, and I do. There are some people who are trying to tell like stories or something yeah. with it, very minimally. But mostly, it's just underage people uh, being sexually yeah. provocative. I, and I delete it quickly before my wife notices.
1: Right, yeah, exactly. Uh, that's sort of, yeah. And you know, what I know about TikTok is that you have a, a few people that try to use it as part of, uh, you know, going on a comeback trail. Uh, OJ is on TikTok now, and huh. uh, there was like a, there was a hot minute where Matt Lauer was on uh, TikTok, but then some <laughs> new stories came out. <laughs> oh. So then uh, he, uh, I think he oh. uh, stopped, po- yeah. Cause that, you know, he actually, was clearly positioning himself for, for a comeback, forgetting that there might be some more news to come out about him. This is back when people cared about things that and viruses. You know, now might be a great true. time for every... Literally, everyone no, might be able to come back now. Louis C.K. Huh. might be able to come back now. Woody that's Allen good, might yeah. be able... Well, actually, Woody Allen still published his book. It just was a different publisher. So, I think everybody will be able to come back now because nobody pays attention to any other news. Uh, I'm not no, saying well, I mean, they should. Yeah. I'm just saying they could.
2: Yeah, no, I think there's something to that. This is sort of the grand, the grand get-out-of-jail free card. she yeah. uh, already got a couple of those, but uh, <laughs> the... the uh, <laughs> just, you know, but who, who could possibly you know uh, you know we 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 uh, you know we we we, have, we are generally very good at uh ignoring our mortalities and focusing on uh whatever things going on in popular culture or whatever else uh but uh but you know people are are actually looking at serious issues in their lives yeah absolutely uh this is the time for for like a a, a very egregious but not quite uh you know, mortal uh, uh, sins such as Lauer's to, to maybe be forgotten.
1: uh, Harvey Weinstein uh, not getting out of jail. You know, he, he got coronavirus in jail and they were like, all right, well, you know, kind of jail's supposed to be bad for you. You did just get here you know uh, i'm not gonna uh, wish
2: anybody coronavirus
1: no, no not wish but, well i've <laughs> talked about this before there's one person that i was happy about it was this kid who did this video where he licked a toilet about oh, and, and you know he's like ha, you know like fuck you coronavirus and then he got it and i was like okay i i don't i, I hope he pulls say. through i hope he recovers yeah. but him getting it i was it like saved right. a lot of toilet
2: lickers yeah, yeah. it's like
1: maybe yeah. maybe that maybe somebody learns from that lesson uh, yeah. so yeah i think that you know approaching something like quibi this isn't the time for the rollout but i guess you have the planned rollout this is probably the the time for you know your what seven or eight part documentary about a weird well, dude who owns last dance yeah um, well the, yeah. you got last dance you got the michael jordan which i think they they pushed it way up by like two months oh yeah yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, oh, yeah of course
2: well you, you wouldn't yeah. be running it right as the nba yeah. goes towards playoffs right yeah you'd be right uh, open and, and i
1: think under normal circumstances with our ability to get out of the house i think people would have talked about tiger king i just think we wouldn't have still been mm-hmm. talking about it you know it would have been like yeah. oh that's kind of funny there would have been one snl sketch and we would have moved on you know we would No, have i think moved that's on. right yeah so, no, i think
2: tiger king would have been interesting last dance would have been uh you know uh for people who don't like baseball you know something you run in august or whatever
1: yeah right exactly so uh yeah and i think that it's it's great that we are getting some of these things that uh, are there but yeah this is I don't know. I don't know when is a good time for Quibi, but I think this this isn't necessarily it. Uh, I know that's yeah, and I know that uh, HBO Max, the poorly titled HBO Max, because it doesn't have anything to do with HBO. That's getting rolled out in a few weeks, and it has a price of fifteen dollars a month, and they're not going to give you that Friends reunion because they weren't yeah. able to film it before shutdown. So it's like fifteen dollars yeah. a month. Are you crazy? Who can keep
2: track of the HBO yeah. platforms? Uh, they, they are uh, with HBO Go, HBO Max. What's the other one? There's, there's a third one, uh, HBO Now.
1: HBO Now, uh, yeah, yeah. Because like one is if you pay for it through is... cable, and then HBO yeah. Now I think is if you just buy the app. Uh, I mean,
2: I get that there are contracts that need to be sort of threaded with this, but yeah. the amount, uh, there has to be significant loss in creating, a, you know, these these uh, redundant products that are confusing. You don't know what you have access to. I mean, yeah. maybe maybe they're banking on some people just, you know, redundantly subscribing and, and having multiple payments towards the same, uh, partially the same material. Yeah. I don't know. I find it confounding.
1: Yeah. And I, I don't know. It's like how much how much do you really want friends reruns? You know, I mean that, like that seems to be the big property that they have. I don't even mean you personally. I mean, look,
2: well, no. So on the one hand, uh, yeah, that, that sounds, that, that does not sound like, uh, uh, you know, the, the, a platform driving property. On the other hand, I teach, uh, I teach college students and, uh, the office and friends are like the, the most common sort of, uh, uh, kind of like group, uh, right. Connecting shows that they have.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I just, host shows at Afterbus TV yeah. where it's a lot of like millennials, 20s to, you know, whatever the next one is after millennials. They get mad when you call the wrong ones the wrong things. Yeah. But yeah, the, the like, yeah, the mid 20s to the very early 30s. And, yeah, they're watching a lot of these things. And, you know, the interesting thing, of course, is that everybody in that age range, they like the little bit softer around the edges office, the American office. Uh, nobody's really diving into the just brutal Ricky Gervais office. I, I think they're both very funny. It's just they're so yeah. different, you know. Uh, no, they I, are. And yeah. they're,
2: they're so indicative of where they come from.
1: Yeah, right, that's of, true.
2: of the of the industries, the difference between the the British TV industry, right. uh, you know, and and the American. Um, and of course, you know, I actually I'm a I'm a defender. I don't know if this is going to uh, you you might have to kick me off the show. I am a defender of The Late Office, of the sort of dying office. Although uh, I
1: think we talked like, about this. Yeah, I we, I actually yeah. I fell off when Michael left. I tried to watch a few. And then yeah, I was I like, we
2: did do this. Yeah, yeah." And I was
1: like, maybe I'll catch up. And then I just didn't. I think, I think they sat in the DVR long enough where I was like, All right, I'm <laughs> clearly not going to watch it. I came back for the finale because, yeah. uh and they yeah. did, that was the one time where they did a really good job where you didn't know for sure that Steve Carell was going to be in it. You just hope. Yeah. But they yeah, even, absolutely. they even like did a fake out where they're like, yeah, that jerk wouldn't come and do our finale. You know, I yeah. think, uh, I think that that's, that was the approach they want. So.
2: No, that's right. That's, it's yeah. very American. We stretch the thing out as long as we possibly can, sort of right. squeeze every yeah. ounce take, of interest.
1: You take a British show with 14 episodes yeah. and you do it's seven just, seasons.
2: Yeah. yeah. Which I, I, I appreciate, but it's, just, uh, you know, if you want to know about America, there, yeah. there's something there.
1: Just imagine if, I think they called it something else, but I remember they tried to do an American Faulty Towers with John Larroquette. And just imagine oh, if that had been successful, they would have done 10 years of it. Whereas the original so Faulty Towers has six episodes. They that definitely, sounds so good. they didn't call it Faulty Towers and it was on like CBS. So I think maybe I do they done it. This. Yeah, I, I have to look up what it was called. But I remember seeing an interview where he did it and I remember watching one, and I was like, oh, "I, because I, look, I love John Larroquette. I mean, it's uh, you want to talk yeah. about somebody who hasn't done nearly enough since Night Court? It's uh, right, John and the- right.
2: I mean, what is there? Is the John Larroquette show?
1: Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, which was oh, like super depressing. He like, yeah, it was good, but he like ran a bus station, and he, he was ran a recovering alcoholic. Like a, so East it's Saint like St. Louis or something. Yeah, yeah. It was like- and I guess it was like, let's take cheers. And put it in a bus station. Make it yeah. as uncheerful as possible. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. So,
2: yeah, that's right. Literally, make it depressing and no alcohol. Yes, yeah. you're right. It is the anti. <laughs> it is like really overtly the anti-cheers. <laughs>
1: anti-cheers. Uh, Although I'll some look, people, some anti- people sure. would call wings the anti-cheers because there weren't any laughs. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> uh, but they did get. It did give us Tony Shalhoub and Thomas Hayden Church. So I was going to
2: say there's some people there, and yeah. like, it, I'm not going to say you look like Tim Daly, but if you <laughs> oh. look like somebody from uh wings i'd say you look like tim daly well a little little church in there
1: just well you know Th- thomas hayden yeah. church uh yeah which uh he still he does a he does that divorce show with uh sarah jessica parker i don't know if that's still going on i was trying to think i hadn't seen him in a while but i'm like oh he's he's working Sometimes sometimes yeah. the I haven't seen them in a while just means, oh, I don't watch the show that they're on, you know, like you could make the case that I could make the case that I haven't seen Mark Harmon in a while, and yet he's been on NCIS for like 20 yeah, seasons, forever. but I just don't watch that show, so I haven't but seen him know. in a while. You know
2: he's on that because yeah. that's a, a, you know, a show that, that people do watch. I mean, you're yeah. talking, I mean, I forget the number. What, there was like 800 scripted shows that came out in the past, literally like 800 scripted shows. Yeah. Everybody's, for all I know, I'm starring in a sitcom right now. Like it is the, the, the uh, there's no possible way to keep track of, of, of who is doing what now.
1: Yeah, no, it's true. Uh, well, before we uh, move on to some uh, fun topics, there was one other thing in the news that uh, I, I wanted to kind of, because, and you're right, I didn't mention that you teach media studies at uh, Boston fine, College. Man. I just, I immediately went I like to, to show it sometimes too. I meant, I meant to showing the book right away. So I thought that that helped, hey. you know. That, that. Yeah, oh no, hey,
2: I, I'll appreciate any plug. The Comedy Studies Reader available on Amazon. Yeah, no problem. exactly.
1: Uh, right. But uh, so I, one of the things I did want to talk to you about is uh, this this show that was announced, uh, you know, and, and sort of when we're trading messages, I was like, oh, if we'd done this last week, I wasn't allowed to talk about this yet. Cause I've known that this show is coming for a while. Cause my wife works on it. Uh, and Genji uh, Cohen, who created uh, Orange is the New Black and Weeds, but my wife worked with her on Orange is the New Black. And uh, so she's doing this, they're doing this show called Social Distance. And I have to be careful because of what they actually say in the press release, but it's basically, you know, it's, it's going to be, filmed kind of by actors who, you know, you, you, I don't know, I guess they'll send them brand new camera equipment, you know, that's like fresh out of the box and, you know, they'll set it up and they'll film themselves and it'll be about sort of life in quarantine. You know, I guess you hope you have someone yeah. with a big yard. So it's not the whole thing. Doesn't basically look like these two shots of you and I, you know, I don't know that people want to see Although, <laughs> I mean, tales well, from the so, boiler room.
2: So, well, what it brings to mind, uh, and just, just visually is, is, uh, well, in treatment or, or, oh, the, sure. uh, the uh, Bitsipul, the original Israeli uh, right. show which was much more sort of just like the guy yeah. and the and the uh, and the clients back and forth and like that's gripping stuff that's that's all in the writing and the performance but sure. if you get the right writers and the right right performers yeah. you know um it's not going to be a 11 seasons with a finale, but like I could see something worth watching.
1: Yeah. Well, that's kind of what I wanted to get your thoughts. So this idea of, you know, look, and I, I know plenty of people that are working in writer's rooms right now. They're basically connected the way we are, depending on which company they work for. Disney doesn't let people use zoom, but uh, mm-hmm. because they, I guess they don't want their, their uh, mouse secrets uh, getting out, but mm-hmm. there are, you know, so there's tons of writer's rooms that are open and it's great. But when you talk to people who are working on those shows, it's like, so uh, when, when is your show going into production? Yeah. Oh, yeah, we're supposed to start shooting in May. Really, in May. <laughs> do you think that's, that that's going to happen? And they're funny. like, oh, no, no, no. That's just what we were supposed to do. And then you have people whose contracts were, you know, would get renewed when they went into production. So I think you're going to have a backlog of a ton of scripts because you're not going to be able to I, – I, look, I, I, don't, I don't know what all these states are doing. Some of them are reopening. Some of them aren't. I don't think you're going to have film sets – I, I, the, the way that we're used to having them, I don't know that we'll have them in 2020, you know. Uh, I, I don't I,
2: think that's plausible. I yeah. think that for one, on a liability level, yeah. like, there's, I mean, who's insuring these things? I mean, yeah,
1: uh, I, I think you can you can question. do some kinds of uh, talk shows. Like, my boss Dennis Miller does a show uh, for, it's called Dennis Miller Plus One, and it, it's it's him one guest right now he's doing it remotely I feel like when restrictions are, are eased you can do a show like that you could also use robot cameras which I know that they they used to use for, uh, for NBC Nightly News because when I was an NBC page I would have to talk about it on the tour so at least <laughs> in 1999 they had some robot cameras I don't know if the robots unionized and they don't use them anymore but I'm assuming they still have them so, well, we might have had
2: to take them out when they plotted to take over the industry.
1: Well, look, I mean, somebody d- did notice that one of them had a Skynet tattoo on the back. I was going to so say. We should, we should yeah. have been worried. Yeah. So, uh, you know, there are ways to do small shows like that. But, you know, your scripted shows, uh, let's not even talk about anything with a studio audience. But, you know, yeah. just just anything like that, you're not really going to be able to do it this year. So I think it's genius to have this in place. And you know uh, my understanding is that not everybody was coming to Netflix with any ideas and they love yeah. this idea in and of itself. But n- then everybody's like, Oh my God, they're like taking advantage of this situation. I'm like, well, short- taking what? advantage. Yes. Yeah, but in a do. good way, because yeah. it's like, yeah, well let's try and make something oh. new because there isn't going to be new stuff coming. Yeah. Stuff that's already filmed. Sure. But nobody's, you know, and it's like, Oh, every show is going to do a, uh, you know, a social distancing quarantine episode. I'm like, if any show wants to stay on the air, like, you know, know, they'll do uh, a one-off
2: or whatever. Right. I mean, they'll they'll do a special, but this is different. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, unless you're going to do like whole episodes of law and order SVU where Mariska Hargitay is like interrogating people, you know, via zoom, it's going to be really hard to do those shows. So I'm wondering your thoughts one on, you know, this particular project, I sent you a, a little press release about it, but also, just what the indication is for the style of entertainment we're going to get, you know, go, you know, getting yeah. produced from this point onward in this year.
2: Yeah, no, I mean, so, um, yeah, I mean, you, you taking advantage of it. I mean, this is a, a silly comment to make, right. Uh, for one, um, there's, you can look at it from an economic perspective. People need to work, right. There there's editors, there's writers, there's, there's lots of people who, you know, uh, uh as you say, there's going to be this huge backlog. So, uh, Taking advantage of it, it's a silly frame to put it in. I mean, also there's incredible uh, sort of human experiences to be written about and expressed uh, that you know will be best expressed through a format like like this show. So um, you know, uh, certainly there's nothing exploitative about it. Uh, you know, taking on a, a contemporary issue and, and and sort of a contemporary social circumstance. Um, you know, I, this this is tough writing, right? I'm, I'm going to be skeptical of it just in so far as it's going to take really talented writers and performers to get across a dramatic story in that kind of format. I mean, there's no question, but it, it does happen, right? I mean, sure. it's essentially a chamber drama, right? Uh, where you' where sort of we're, we're locking people, a, a bottle episode of a, of a sitcom or something like this, uh, where you have this like, you know, what would otherwise be an artificial constraint, but is now a, a real constraint. But I mean, I guess my first instinct is, you know, a lot of what makes uh, TV good, uh, you, you put some sort of artificial constraint, right? Uh, you you uh, limit the way that the story is going to be told and see what comes out of that, right? So this is what sitcoms do whenever they get bored, right? They do the bottle episode or uh, they, they introduce some uh, artificial element from the outside to, to create the drama. So, all right, here is a set of artistic constraints, you know, uh, yeah. talented people can work with those. So, I mean, my instinct is, A, uh, glad to see people working, right? Uh, uh, B, uh, it's an opportunity for innovation, right? And uh, bad circumstances force innovation. And lastly, uh, it's not unprecedented to tell a story in these kinds of constraints. So uh, it's all to the good for me. I mean, I can't see anything negative without, you know, we'll see if it's any good. I mean, that's another question. Yeah, Um,
1: sure. I mean, I think, you know, obviously, look, it gets gets sold because Genji's track record, her track yeah. record for Netflix, yeah, yeah. you know, so they're like, yeah, sure, we trust you to turn in something uh, that's good, and you know, look, it's it's gonna be a, you know, sort of a an anthology series, and I think a perfect comparison look, people can compare it to Black Mirror for me, the new Twilight Zone that was on CBS All Access, I think half of them were good, and yeah. of the other half a couple were just awful, and mm-hmm. then a few were just like, oh, it was good until like the last minute, like there's yeah. this one. There's this one where with John Cho, where a little kid becomes president. It, it's so heavy-handed. <laughs> not, I, yeah, I'm I re- that, I recommend <laughs> hate watching that one. I love John Cho, by the way. Yeah.
2: Okay. But uh,
1: oh, it was so bad. So you know, and then look the the original classic Twilight Zone, most of them were good, but you got you got some clunkers in there, so I think this format will probably lend itself to like you know some that people will really respond to, and you know they 'll stand out and i don't i don't know I mean I guess in true netflix style they 'll probably just put them all out at once, and yeah. but we 'll see i so do you think that regardless you know this has just been announced, no one 's seen it. Do you think that now you're going to be like, all right, well, how can we do something that's like that? Like, let's do the comedy version of that. Let's do the, you know, the this or the, that, you know, what do you think about other plans for innovation utilizing the technology that's available to us?
2: Yeah. I mean, we've seen a little bit of this in in the world of stand-up. I've I've definitely seen a a, a number of comedians try to, um, you know, maybe they're stringing together Instagram lives into, into sort of a, 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 anthology of their Corona experience and putting them on YouTube. I've seen a couple of those. Um, Yeah. I mean, look, my hope is that is that the light at the end of the tunnel is is soon enough that uh, uh, this is an interesting thing for sort of interesting people to try, but it's not an industrial standard. Right. I think uh, uh, I I think we're a ways away from giving up the sort of main infrastructure of how things are going to be done in the future already. Uh, That said, I mean, there's no question, there's going to be innovative uses of these restraints. Right, uh, you know, if to get too pretentious on you, but you know, uh, if you like uh, Italian neo film, right, movies from uh, from Italy from uh, the post-war period, what makes them so great is that they didn't have anything. Right, that sure. that they're shooting in these bombed-out cities, and all they have is a bicycle and a camera and a, and a couple of people who kind of know how to act, but they're still talented people. You know, talented directors, talented writers, talented performers, and they pull it together. And so it's a little bit exciting to say yeah. that uh, you know, especially. There's been a kind of innovation in all the increased production, but it's a lot of chasing trends and trying to sort of uh, piggyback on something that's been successful recently. Well, that's not going to work for a while because the stuff has been successful recently. You can't reproduce under these conditions. So we get a fresh start. So, I mean, you know, I'm not going to say there's any, I'm not going to call it a silver lining in the awful situation. But I will say that uh, historically, we look at bad, weird times in, in entertainment industries. People come up with cool stuff. So I do think we'll see the comedy version. Uh, I think we've seen that a little bit, we'll see more. I think we'll see, uh, I I could see um, more interactive stuff. Like I could see like a sort of Bandersnatchy kind of uh, interactive media that might work with this Zoom world. Like I, I could see possibilities. And I think that, you know, like I said, restraints and limitations make people think differently. And often that sucks. But for the 10 people who suck at it, there's one who's going to get it right. So I'm I'm a little bit excited.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely, I, I I agree with that. And uh, before we move off on this, have you seen either of the remote uh, SNL at home episodes that they've done?
2: I, I should have watched those before I came on here. Yeah, uh, I didn't. I, 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 I didn't I, think I, to
1: ask you to watch them. Uh, I, yeah,
2: I, sh- I did not. I I my media consumption. I mean, I mentioned this before. We don't need much of my boring life. But I I talk to some people, and they're just dying for things to do. Sure. But I have a I have a one year old and a four year old. Yeah. So like, I basically just. Uh, Uh, you know, I take care of the kids for, for the whole morning, early afternoon. Uh, maybe I can sneak in something like this which is nice but otherwise I work the whole afternoon sure. take care of the house and then I try to watch Tiger King for 15 minutes and I fall asleep <laughs> like that's re- repeat right. just every yeah. every day
1: yeah no um, it's a very similar situation because I have a four year old and a two year old and my wife does this virtual writers room now the thing that has worked with the way we structure our day is that she's in the writers room from uh, from like one o'clock onward and then you know hmm. uh, I'll, I'll make dinner all that stuff so uh, we have kind of the mornings and so all of the shows that I host and other things that used to be spread throughout the day, we're doing everything before noon now. So we kind of have this middle ground in between and you know, there's a little bit of a, there's the handoff, but uh, so it has worked for us. But to your point about media consumption, literally yesterday doing the Dennis Miller option with Dennis Miller, he asked me what I was watching and I'm like, yeah, (laughs) yeah. And I had Quibi. to be like, I know you're going to make fun of me, but I wa- I watched Star Trek Picard because I made the time to watch that. Also, I was uh-huh. hosting a show where I talked about it, so I had to watch it over yeah. Uh I but there just hasn't been anything. My wife and I fell asleep watching the first Tiger King because we were exhausted. I, no, you know, we, we haven't tried to watch. We haven't yeah. tried to watch anything, you know. And I I, yeah. I would love the time. I would lo- you know I'd love the time. I mean the the people who are posting that they've already finished Netflix and things like that. I'm like, look, that's great. You don't have kids, you know.
2: No, and it, it's just totally—it's like the exact opposite experience. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean talking. To, uh, yeah, it's uh, any number of people. They're talking to students in particular because they sure. are consuming an absurd amount of media, yeah. um, and you know they've got nothing but time. Uh, and and yeah, I, I so you asked about SNL. I saw uh, Pitt as Fauci. I saw the yep. opening.
1: That was cute, Yeah, like
2: which is was very cute and, and kind of sweet and and uh, and just fine. And I don't think I've seen anything else from it.
1: Yeah, like there, there's a couple of things that that were good in in the two that they've done, and a couple of things that were like, all right, they tried something oh, different. Uh, uh, the
2: Ruth Bader Ginsburg uh, workout, I saw. I yeah, saw that yeah, that.
1: yeah, yeah. And then yeah. The, there was, you know, they've they've done some that are literally like, uh, I think there was only one that was literally an office Zoom meeting, and you know, somebody didn't know how the camera worked, so they were able, you know, they're mm. able to utilize all of it. So yeah, it's mm. just it's more of an interesting moment in in history, you know, to kind of see what it is. It's not the finest 90 minutes that that shows put out even in recent times, but there's good stuff. There's some, there's some real laughs and it's just, you know, Mm they figured out ways to do things. And it's more interesting as, you know, like, I don't know one day when people are watching archives from this time period they're, they're going oh, to be great to
2: have yeah. no it's going to be totally great to have yeah.
1: and I mean god
2: forbid but I don't doubt it could be done very well I, I just you, sure it's going to take more than a few minutes I mean yeah. it, to, to tie it back in Quibi's been working on this new form of, mm-hmm. of comedy and drama for like years trying to and, and it's it's they haven't figured it out yet right, right? Uh, the seven minute thing like certainly SNL is not going to figure out how to go full remote in a couple of weeks and 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 sort of hit the highs of of you know uh, comic art but you know i hope they keep trying and i will catch up to them eventually and you know like obviously i hope that we're watching real ones come the fall uh but yeah. if not you know I, i'm not sure that they can't i'm not i think that, that you just got to figure it out right it's it's a process and I mean, you know, I'm doing this, uh, we're all doing this in our jobs. I'm doing this trying to teach through this way. It's, it's yeah. very bad and mostly it's, it's worse. But every so often you figure out something that works. So, uh, you know, I mean, that, I think that's, that's uh, even more yeah. so in the, in the creative arts.
1: You know what, I realized too, by the way, my answer to what have I seen lately, it's the same episodes every day that I see of uh, Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood, Peppa Pig, yep. Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. Uh, Mama, Llama you know, so-
2: Red Pajama over here.
1: <laughs> okay, we, I don't know that one. Uh, I, no, gotta, it's a
2: great, it's uh, so, as an aside, uh, I think the poor woman died very young. Oh, no. But but she wrote this incredible like catchy. It's basically just the children's book based on the fact. Oh that wait, the La- Llama that, Llama. I know. Yeah, yeah the, that the Llama rhymes with pajama. Yeah, right? that's the entire the, concept of, yeah. of the book. And the first book is amazing. And then she wrote like a, a bunch of like knockoff bad ones. Possibly we, because she was dying. I don't know. The, we we have
1: we have the Bully Goat one of Llama Llama. Uh, all yeah. the other one. There's the yeah. there's the there's one called Llama
2: Llama Red Pajama, which is just catchy and amazing. And the rest is garbage. Uh, <laughs> And then the, but then there is a Netflix, uh, uh, Cartoon of it uh, that my son watches. And again, the only virtue is the title. Uh, it is, <laughs> it is, it's, it's so, you like, you kind of smile. You say Llama Llama, like, that's like, it's like very pleasing. Llama, uh, lama. he's in his red pajamas and the rest is just junk. Yeah. Uh, my my son
1: was watching uh, Netflix's uh, If You Give a Mouse a Cookie animated hmm. series for a while. And the uh, theme song was done by Lisa Loeb, you know, from the Whoa. and I'm like, hey, it's a catchy little song. So I'm like, at yeah. least I like that song. Uh, well, I wanted to talk uh, about, you know, some fun stuff, some memories where we look back on the outside world when we used to be able to go there. And you and mm-hmm. I were trading messages. Uh, very specifically, the first topic would be bad movies that we saw in the theater. Now, we can yeah. definitely talk about bad movies we discover on cable, uh, a rental that we're like, "Yeah, we'll see." But this is like you consciously saw what the movie was about, and you're like, "Okay, I'm going to pay money and I'm going to see that." And for me. To the cat. And by the way, I've never walked out of a movie in my life. I've thought of it once or twice, but I've never actually done it because I'm like, well, I'm here. Usually, I have popcorn. Uh, It's fine. I'm I'm gonna just, you know. So uh, two come to mind. Uh, one, I don't remember the movie very well because it was really bad. Uh, Gene Hackman and Dan Aykroyd were in a movie called uh, Loose Cannons. And this is in like the late 80s. Oh, and, yeah. you know, I, look, I loved Dan Aykroyd from uh, reruns of SNL, which I, were, I was watching a lot at that time. That's probably what got me into the theater. But also I loved him in Ghostbusters and Trading Places, you know. So, uh, and, and maybe less so Caddyshack too. But In any case uh so that was a really bad one but then i realized that the worst movie i ever saw in the theater had to be aloha which it's simultaneously (laughs) the worst cameron crowe movie which i was i was actually an apologist for his movie elizabeth town which also wasn't great orlando bloom yeah i'm not uh, kirsten dunst yeah yeah i was like look it's not perfect but i liked some of the sentiment you know they're like but then this one came out and i'm like no i I just i just can't so and it's like the the Ah. it's the worst bill murray movie it's. it's uh, I said it's the worst Cameron Crowe movie. I haven't seen all of uh, Emma Stone's movies, but I'm pretty sure it's the worst Emma Stone movie.
2: Uh it's certainly it's certainly the most confusing one as to her casting. So because well, she, she plays she, she plays a Hawaiian she plays native yeah. Hawaiian, which yeah. I, I look and I'm not. I, I'm uh, there's some ambivalence I have towards policing people's uh, performances as it relates to identity. That one's a little. Uh, that might be a bridge too far for me, even there. Like, uh, I mean, she looks like she could
1: be Scarlett Johansson's sister, and Scarlett Johansson's played Asian, so maybe it works.
2: You know, so maybe uh, uh, so it's some sort of uh, like transitive of property of of, uh, of white woman ethnicity. Um, it's a great answer because that movie is trying to be good. Yeah, right. Like that. True. That 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 has a very good effort to uh to uh, outcome ratio and that the effort is super high like that movie tries really hard um and and it's just absolutely terrible my experiences with bad movies in theaters have been like semi-intentional semi-ironic
1: sure um, oh, yeah because i've seen cats in the theater but that was th- like, that doesn't I, count Maybe knew, in a way yeah. i knew what i was getting in for and by the way cats like i turned to my friend like three minutes in i'm like i need to see this again because yeah. I already knew, I mean, <laughs> this, is, this is so much. It's so overwhelming that for cats, every decision made at every level was the wrong decision. You know? <laughs> From Idris Elba saying, Yes, I'll be in it. You know, I mean, every Ooh, Ju- Dame God, Judy Dench, yeah. Suri and McKellen, the, the people who are in it were like, What are you doing? Uh, oh, and, that is confounding. You know, so, yeah, but cats, I don't count a movie like cats because I knew what that was going to be. So, yeah, yeah. picking a bad movie because you're like, This is going to be terrible, you know?
2: Well, right. And I guess, I don't know if I'm allowed, you're in California. I don't know what the, can I say battlefield earth?
1: Oh yeah. Well, yeah. I don't, yeah. yeah. When I, I, still, I, 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 when I still lived in Hollywood, I felt yeah. like uh, everything was, was tapped, but I'm in the Valley now. So yeah, you can say battlefield earth.
2: No, bat- so that, that, that is uh, one of the, eventually it becomes kind of funny except like then you start thinking, wow, these people actually have like commitments to some of these things. It sure. is the most tortured narrative and it's actually not uh it's not so different from other religious movies. Um, So like a Kirk Cameron movie or something where it starts, Like, uh, what's the one where they all disappear? Uh, Whatever, this Kirk here. Uh, Left uh, Behind. Left Behind. It's
1: a book series, yeah.
2: A book series, and there's a Kirk Cameron uh, adaptation of it where where they're left, don't confuse it with the leftovers, which is fantastic. No, those Uh, people
1: are also Left Behind, but you're right. But different
2: story, yeah. Yeah,
1: that's not the same, it's not the same story, yeah.
2: So, so Battlefield Earth has the same sort of thing except I, I'm you know I'm not a Christian but I know the basics of Christian theology uh, sure. and I'm not I'm not like you know so when the things happen in that you're like oh yeah that guy's like the antichrist I think and you're mm. like I see why this plot sucks so bad because they're trying to jam it into this well yeah like, because it's like the like, guy who sorry. runs the
1: UN is the antichrist so they are yeah, trying, yeah, yeah. They're trying to get way, I've seen this movie by the way uh, yeah I, I have as well apparently yeah. uh, it's now coming by the back. way Kirk but, Cameron literally one of the nicest People you'll ever talk to on the telephone. Just I would, you know, just, I would it,
2: love to talk to. Kirk through telephone. him? He's so
1: nice. We used to have him on the radio show. You know, I just like, I'm like, oh, I loved this guy on TV when I was a kid. You know, I loved him on. Growing
2: yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm defending Left Behind now, sort of. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, but when you watch it, you're like, this 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 narrative is bad. But it's bad because I know they have this religious theology, and like sure. they're they're like wrangling a thriller into it right? When you watch Battlefield Earth, that is what's happening in that there is this, it's a theology, I guess, or a mythology that that they take very seriously, whatever we call it. But you don't quite know what, at least I don't know it well enough that you really cannot figure out why this, these ridiculous actions are taking place or like this character is coming out of nowhere or they have to like go on some like side thing, which I'm sure if you read, like if you've got your, if your end level or whatever is high enough or whatever, you can like know the, the text that it's referring to, whatever it is, but you just want, so it's, it's a certain genre of bad movie, uh, which is essentially one for which I am not the audience, but they didn't, tell me that so much right it's not advertised as being a, a religious movie they put it in a regular old movie theater yeah. uh, as, as a sci-fi but it doesn't make any sense without without understanding what's going on behind it
1: right so Bat- battlefield earth is definitely one that you felt like you got rubbed into and the best thing about battlefield earth by the way is that i uh, you know at least you know a colossal failure all the actors were signed to do a sequel and if we the Church of Scientology it? had decided that they wanted to fund a sequel, everybody would have had to be in it. Oh, that would I mean, be funny. I'm I'm sure Travolta would have been fine with it, but you know, then you the, you know, I, I forget who else was in it. Like Barry Pepper's in it. Uh, Forest Whitaker. Yeah,
2: right. Right. He's I like, mean, it's not bad. It's not. No, the casting. I mean, not, yeah. not surprising. I understand. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Thursday, sure. Maybe. Yeah, but, they, they
1: they didn't have to they didn't have to look too deep to try to it, find. It's like, hey,
2: why is Will yeah. Smith? Movie. i know
1: i know he's not bad but yeah. You
2: know. <laughs> no, but yeah it's, uh, so that's one i i used to i mean i used to actually so this is the exact polar opposite of my my sort of personal life now i'm very busy family etc cetera, etc cetera. uh between sort of college and then really starting a career uh, i had nothing to do ever yeah sure and like n- and nobody wanted to talk to me you probably you probably understand that just from this experience uh uh <laughs> And so uh, on Mondays, uh, between, uh, between uh, uh, the end of football season and the beginning of baseball season, a Perfect. friend and I would look up the worst Rotten Tomatoes ranked movie <laughs> and, go, and go to the last screening of it uh, in the most like sort of obscure theater we could find on okay. Monday nights. Right, right. So like I was in a 1030 screening of Over Her Dead Body starring Ava Longoria. Wow uh and uh, it was me my friend one other guy and all i remember is the, the bad movie and then i was shushed once for laughing too hard <laughs> <laughs> the one other guy in the theater looked back was like "shh," trying it was, to follow it was Ava song.
1: longoria on the screen and she was like Shh. Uh, i mean it was uh, and
2: that's so this is, uh, that is a bad that is a bad movie that is I'm, a i'm sure it, it is a uh, it's a ghost movie it's like a ghost comedy oh boy it, it's so she dies if I remember correctly, hence the title. And then uh, I don't know she like haunts the boyfriend or whatever. I, I don't remember the exact plot. all It was like a, it was like
1: sort of hey, like. Hey, a, hey, spoiler alert, buddy. <laughs> sorry, sorry.
2: It's like it's like kind of like a. It's sort of like a, it was all a dream episode of a sitcom kind oh, of worthy boy. level. Yeah, like that's a like maybe could have worked as that, and it's stretched out for like a torturous eighty-six minutes or whatever. Um, I watched a lot of video game adaptations during that period of my life, like, like Alone in the Dark. A lot of ooey ball came into my life uh, Oh wow! Uh,
1: watching these films uh, on Monday nights. Uh, but again, that was all intentional. Did, did, you, did you see any where you were like, oh, you know what? I thought that was going to be terrible, but it was like, at least okay. I'm trying to think. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to really expect was. you found anything that was great, but you might have found something that was like, you know what? I didn't, I didn't hate I that like- movie. Maybe like Barbershop 2 got some really bad yeah. reviews. And that was pretty – like it was weird, but it was I'm sure pretty it's good. Got, I'm sure it's going to have laughs in it. It's, got laughs. Yeah, yeah. it's got laughs. come on. It's what else do you need? Look, you know, I, I, mean, I, I paid to see Norm MacDonald's Dirty Work in the theater three times because I liked mm. it so much. So, look, there's, yeah. there's movies for everybody, you know? Yeah, uh, I mean, that's right. It, it, although that's I right. did see him in a movie called Screwed with Danny DeVito in the theater. And, it, and I think Chappelle was – Oh, I saw that. I, I did not enjoy that one. No, uh, that, no, 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 That's a sort of a different category of being disappointed by movies. I remember Mel Brooks did a movie and look, the later Mel Brooks movies aren't the older Mel Brooks movies. You realize pretty quickly, like, like yeah. Spaceballs is still great, still firing on all cylinders. But yes. when yeah. you get to uh, Dracula Dead and Loving It starring Leslie Nielsen, you're like, well, I love Leslie Nielsen in, in Airplane and those Naked Gun movies. And man, Mel Brooks sure is funny. But somehow those things never come together yeah. on the page or the screen. I'm not sure that ever would have worked because no, 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 I you, don't think so. But it, you put them in the same
2: genre, but they're really not. I mean, they're both doing you know, parodic stuff, but like, uh, there's a comedic sensibility difference there. I think that's actually a particularly bad match. Uh, the sort of uh, uh, Les Leslie Nielsen, uh, clueless straight man thing is not really in the Mel Brooks world,
1: yeah. Yeah, it's one, no, it's, it's true. a
2: Zucker. It's a Zucker thing, right? That is, a, Leslie is. A, he fits into that, that. He fits
1: into the yeah. He fits into the, the, the as uh, yeah, well much the, better. Yeah, Zucker Abrams Zucker. Yeah, because I mean, first he did well. First he did Airplane, then he did Police Squad, the TV series, and then the Naked Gun movies, and uh, yeah, I think uh, I, I, I think that you know that was when I was starting to learn. I'm like, oh, just because you liked somebody in a movie doesn't mean you're going to like them in every movie that they've ever right. done. You know?
2: Well, especially his 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 comedic style was was a uh, singular, right? It has to be it
1: has to be well written, and those Naked Gun movies were incredibly well written. You know, uh, so
2: the yeah, I mean, I I have nothing except I could go watch the Naked Gun now. Uh, right. That is, I mean,
1: yeah, and I mean, look, and and look, there's a, there's a little bit of enjoyment you get. I think it's the third one when uh, OJ gets stuck under the car and he gets dragged all around the city. So now you can be like, all right, good. I'm glad something bad happened to OJ. <laughs>
2: Oh man, the scene where he's like, where he's what he's, it's what he's, where he's, where he's, where he's, uh, he's like a cat burglar or whatever, and he's like keeps getting his hand caught and stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, oh my gosh! I mean, this the for Slapstick just, just amazing.
1: Yeah. Um, so in terms of disappointing movies, as someone who sees most comic book movies and every mm-hmm. Marvel comic book movies, I've I've often been disappointed by them. uh I was. Uh, just a couple weeks ago, I, we live tweeted the director's cut of the Daredevil movie. The Daredevil Netflix series is great. The Daredevil yeah. movie with Barry bad. It's the, very yeah, bad. It, it's not great, but the yeah. first I was watching it, I'm like, you know, the first half hour kind of works. It sets up his origin story, and it's okay. And I remember sitting there thinking, like, oh man, this is going to be great. We got a great X Men movie. We got a great Spider Man movie, the Sam Raimi one, the first one. I'm like, now yeah. we're going to get great Daredevil movies. And then by the time it was over, I'm like, what happened? <laughs> like, where did mm. it go? Where did it go wrong? And I, and look, I, I I loved Jennifer Garner on Alias. And yeah. and yeah, I was, I was okay with Affleck. And by the way, he turned out to not be a bad Batman, but uh, he was not a great daredevil. And uh, I don't know, I don't know that that's necessarily his fault, but uh, that, that, you know, a lot of the, a lot of genre movies can stand out. It's like, Oh boy, that didn't work. You know? Uh, yeah. So a well, lot of those will stand out for me.
2: For, for adaptation, uh, Watchmen. The adaptation of Watchmen. You mean the just, film version, right? The film version, not yeah, the yeah. not the TV series, which I didn't yeah. finish, but it was really interesting. Film version just drove me crazy. It was, it was so slow and and yeah. uh, laborious, and, and
1: it, well, it was it was so Zack Snyder, you know. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's, yeah, and and, and I, I mean, I was excited for that one too, and I me, was oh, just like, yeah. Oof, you know, oh, I,
2: I thought it was brutal. I, I, I thought he somehow took this narrative that I really liked and made it make no sense. <laughs> like, like I don't even yeah. know how it's the same story, but somehow uh, presented in that visual style. Uh, and as uh, sort of like, I don't know. Uh, b- he doesn't do well with bigness uh, things that
1: are big. Like he makes well, it overwhelming and Except ridiculous. for except for Doctor Manhattan's uh, enormous blue penis, he managed to yeah, handle that can, bigness can, because can, that seems to be that. what most people remember about the movie. If if, if Dennis I and I ever talk true. about that movie on the podcast, it's the first thing he mentions. I'm I'm still haunted by it a little bit, in all honesty. But it's
2: it's uh, even haunting phrase, just <laughs> Doctor Manhattan's giant blue penis. Yeah, that's true, true, yeah. That's Which I would call the I would call here. the
1: episode this that title, but I feel like like that, that searching your name and that coming up isn't going to help you. So, you know. I, it, it, can, dep- it, depends what, it depends what jobs I'm applying for. That's, that's <laughs> a great point. Uh, yeah, so, and then, you know, uh, when we were trading about, uh, messages about this, there's the idea that, uh, you know, some movies are really good date movies. And mm. uh, sometimes they're bad ones. Uh, just uh, keeping it on the superhero theme, that first Sam Raimi movie, I went on a, a date with a girl to see that. And I really liked the movie. She did not like it.
2: So then there was a oh, sort of that's pro we- yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you see. Yeah. 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 It's kind so of that, superficial, right? It might not mean that much, but like. If yeah, but you're I mean, starting- it was my
1: childhood on the big screen. That character. I mean, yeah. like, I started reading comic books because I I liked the Spider-Man cartoon when I was a kid. That was the first comics I read, and I finally got to see him on the big screen. I was so excited, and. You know, look. This wasn't this wasn't Spider-Man three with Topher Grace in it. This was this is. I still th- I watched it uh, about a month ago. It's still a, hmm. a, a, at least a mostly good movie. I mean, Willem Dafoe's fantastic in it. Way over the top, but that's what it calls for. You know. Yeah. So and and then it was just like this, just weird like drive back, and then it was like, all right, see you later. There was no like, huh, cause you couldn't talk. Can I go upstairs yeah. or no? And it was like, hmm. and then like the funny it. the funny thing is though that. I'll be a little bit non-specific, but this girl uh, went on to marry someone who ended up working, I think, for Marvel at one point, and she worked huh. on a Marvel show. And <clears> I was just like, "Huh, really? Okay. Hey, in your job interview, did you mention that you hated the first Spider-Man movie <laughs> when you were trying to when you were trying to get a job for Marvel? Did you mention how much you hated it? I so, might have um, that one. do you have? We'll 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 transition uh, to the good date movie, but I, I of course look. We I, love I can the transition the bad.
2: The, the bad love ones. This.
1: You want but, you want the bad ones after? I want, well, no, I want to do the bad one real quick. Yeah, yeah, that's why I want the bad one first. Yeah, yeah I think we true. love Schadenfreude here on the black cast, so let's uh, dive into that.
2: First, first, I'll transition it in that uh, one of the worst movies I've ever seen. I, I saw in part uh, because. Uh, a fraudulent uh, a, a date situation, uh, in which I asked I asked this this woman if she wanted to go to the movies. She said, oh what's playing?" Which is not a great response, it's right? Not right. <laughs> like, it's not great. So already I'm like, yeah, I think we're not we're not really working out here." Uh, but then, like you know, I just, uh, it must have this is like pre-phone. I think must have just like had the newspaper and I was just looking at it. And then I said, uh, "I was reading it." I said, "White noise." And then she goes, "Oh, I love Don DeLillo." Oh. And uh, there's a, a novel by Don DeLillo called White Noise. It's a very, it's a great book if you haven't read it. There's also a very bad Michael Keaton film about listening to ghosts on the radio called White Noise. I
1: remember that movie. I didn't see it, but I remember commercials. Yeah.
2: And and so this like moment of like, uh, like moral, like, like what do I do? Like, I, I, she's, she's interested. She wants to see this. I know this is not an adaptation of Don DeLillo's classic novel, White Noise. <laughs> I've seen the commercials. It's it's Michael Keaton, like literally, like listening, literally yeah. listening to the what, like in the DeLillo book, it is a metaphor. In yeah. the Keaton book, it is literally about the white noise on the radio and how there are ghosts in it.
1: And I, I so, hope that was, the uh, the commercial or the poster said he hears dead people.
2: It's exactly something like that,
1: and, and so just like, oh, do I? I'm like, well, yeah. I
2: it's not. It's not based on the book. Uh, and she's like, oh, it may be interesting. Anyways, like uh, I, I hear it's really bad. She's like, oh, I don't know. So she, the the title somehow because it was related unrelated to something she liked. Uh, and then it is, we went to this movie and uh, it was not the only problem with the with this date, but it was the, it was, it, it is so bad. I mean, that, I probably should have led my bad movies with that.
1: No, so that, no but it's good because it ties into the, uh, the date thing. Yeah, I mean, look, there's, there's going to be the times that like, you know, I took my wife to, uh, to see, like, you know, a romantic comedy that she even kind of knows isn't going to be great. Like I took her to see a John Cusack movie called Must Love Dogs. She knew yeah. it wasn't going to be great. You know, and it was like, well, for that genre, that's not even good because I think there's great romantic comedies out there for sure, you know, but but, but that's not one of them.
2: But it's not going to be torturous. Like, this is like the Michael Keaton, like, nadir of his career. This is like, before any comeback, before Birdman, obviously. This is just a terrible, terrible, too long movie about listening to ghosts on the radio. Anyway. Uh, Yeah, and I
1: look. I I know that uh, it's more my own personal bailiwick, if you will, uh, superhero movies. But did you see the uh, what's it called, Spider-Man: Homecoming, with Michael Keaton in it? Because I I did not. He's fantastic in that movie. It's I think that's a good. It's a good Spider-Man movie. But he he's in it, and there's this moment that I still talk about. This scene. Where it's just no one's talking, and he's so great not talking. You know what I mean? It's uh, yeah. he's fantastic. I mean, he's great in everything. But this is post Birdman, his Spider Man movie, so he's playing yeah. a bad guy in it. You know, and right. uh, yeah, I so uh, I think if if you're ever able to waste time on a superhero movie, have it be that one because Michael Keaton's <laughs> it. You know.
2: Yeah, excellent. No, that sounds good. Yeah, uh, I also I also uh, in high school uh, went, uh, went took took somebody on a date to the movie Insomnia which sounds bad because it sounds like I'm talking about the Christopher Nolan. Uh, no, uh, but this film. is,
1: it, it's a, Oh yeah. That's what I'm thinking of. The yeah, that, film. That
2: would, so that would be bad okay. if that was the choice. No, but that's not what I did. I, I took her to the Norwegian version <laughs> upon which that. the Chris, the Christopher Nolan yeah. one is based, Yeah, sure. uh, which, which uh, uh, is, <laughs> it has all the creepiness uh, except, uh, except with scandinavian mores right so like the uh sort of explicit nature of the inappropriate uh, relationship between the cop and the young girl is much clearer she is like this scenes where he's inappropriate it's very like it's very it's very good drama but it's very like uh, scandinavian and dark and all this yeah. and it's it, it turns out it's in norwegian now, of course, it has, uh, it has subtitles, but this is high school. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the story obviously goes nowhere because it has to go nowhere because the, the opening part of it is seeing a Norwegian drama uh, on a date in high school. Uh, but uh, uh, bad choice, Matt. That's what I have to say to myself.
1: Yeah, that, that, that date doesn't end with the, and that was how I met your mother, kids. No,
2: it, <laughs> no. Oh man, just that, the, that car ride home, just, oh, like. Yeah, you, know, you think you nothing to talk about with uh with the Marvel movie. I mean, yeah. you know, like Yeah,
1: uh, the, at least that was in English with with Toby Maguire who, you yeah. know, I think is a, you know, people like him, you know. It wasn't just in not
2: Yes, we, we did not discuss the symbolism of the car sexual assault or whatever on the on the, the ride you home. You want me to open the door for you? No, no, no. I'll no, get out. I'm going to just get out. Okay. <laughs> oh my god. And I'm sure I thought I was like, "Oh, he seems so sophisticated." Yeah. Uh,
1: well, oh. I, I had the, the fortune of uh, my senior year of high school. I grew up in the right where the suburbs started to get rural outside of New York City. But my girlfriend lived in the city. So we would go and see movies that didn't come out to my neck of the woods. So mm-hmm. like on, on dates, I would see things like uh, Shallow Grave, which is Ewan McGregor's first mm-hmm. movie. Yeah, and of first movie. Yeah. and I, oh, always, I, I always try to sell that on, uh, to nerds because it's got Ewan McGregor and Christopher Eccleston. So I'm like, well Obi-Wan Kenobi and Doctor Who are in the same movie. Yeah, so it's a great movie. It's also a fantastic movie. Yeah. And yeah, and it's like who's who's this kid in it? You know, I mean, Hugh Mcgregor. I think it's his first movie. It's at least the first movie that I think it came over stateside. And she had seen Reservoir Dogs, which he took me to see it because they put it in theaters because they put a, a trailer for uh, Pulp Fiction. They attached it to it, and I'm like, I don't know anything about this movie. So, you know, I would get to see things that uh, you know go into the, the the mall. You know, some somehow something like Loose Cannons comes to the mall, but uh, something like Reservoir Dogs never would. You know. Right. So, I mean, I would get to see good things. There's probably like one or two missteps there, but, you know, I, yeah. never, never, I, I don't know. I think everybody was on board if I saw something in another language. And uh, usually the one that'd be more likely to complain, it would be me. <laughs> you know?
2: Yeah, yeah, not, not my situation.
1: <laughs> um, but uh, what, uh, so I, I, the first date I had with my wife we went to what I think was a very good date movie, at least for the year 2004, which is Garden State with Zach Braff mm. and Natalie Portman. Yeah. Uh, nice. I haven't watched yeah. it in a few years, but we used to watch it every couple of years together. And uh, we both liked him a lot because we liked the TV show Scrubs. That was sort Scrubs. of what we bonded yeah, over, course. so was perfect. I think he's, he's been very funny in some things. Uh, I like him a lot, and I always like Natalie Portman. I mean, Going back to the professional sure. and then this movie Beautiful Girls, where she's, I don't know, like twelve, you know, and she's yeah. like next door neighbor. So she's she yeah, I'm like, God, oh, that girl's been great. Uh, you know, except for really in Star Wars movies. You know, that's really the low point of her career is having to work with George Lucas. But so anyway, uh, so that was like you know that was a really good one, and you know a, a, a girl that I did not marry. Uh, I had a good first date, which was Jerry Maguire. That was another good mm-hmm. date movie. Can, good- so
2: Cameron Crowe on the other side yeah. of it. I'm yeah, glad.
1: exactly. It's a yeah. flip side. Yeah, the yeah. good Cameron Crowe.
2: <laughs> yeah, I have, a, I have a good camera. Uh, uh, almost Famous, which yeah. I think uh, you have to be old enough that the that the, the it's like not good for high school because there's a lot of like underage weirdness in it yeah true. Uh, but but if you're sort of looking at it nostalgically and not it that that, that was a really nice movie i went uh for for, for a first date one of the the movie uh it's very uh, obscure uh Dow of steve
1: i remember uh, is a uh, wait am i thinking steve zahn's in it because steve's in the title who stars oh, in that
2: oh my god no it's not steve zahn as a star in fact i i, I didn't i should have uh, i'm just gonna do a little research here as as we talk uh so it's no it's not steve zahn in it it's uh uh who is it it's um, who's the star? Star uh, Donal uh, Donal Loge.
1: Oh, I love him.
2: Yeah, he's yeah. really good, and it's a great date movie. Uh, depending on your your who you are, because he's like uh, he's this uh, kind of out of shape, kind of lazy guy. Uh, yep, but the ladies love him, and it seems plausible. So if you yourself are an out of shape kind of lazy guy hey, uh, and, and you're sounds trying like
1: my kind of movie.
2: I'm just saying you're trying to convince a date that you're you know you're 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 you know a, a couple points higher than you are. Uh that was good. It was, it was like a you know, dumb sort of uh, straightforward comedy. I've, I've good good memories of that. I think uh um like I said, yeah, the, the Jerry Maguire sounds excellent.
1: Yeah, okay. that. Yeah, I mean, like, usually the you know the, they didn't work out that well like that. Like that, but those were both like first dates, so I think those help. Like uh, another uh, good one, uh, Robert Downey Jr., Marissa Tomei, this movie called Only You. I, I'd been dating a girl for a while when we saw that, but uh, you know, there there are times where the movie is like you know, and then it, it, and then it's like, oh, one day we're gonna go to Italy together. We didn't go to Italy you know but, uh, you know, it's no, like, it's it becomes
2: aspirational though i think that y-
1: is yeah so uh yeah i don't know i mean i think that uh it's it's fun to to kind of look at them in this way and uh how do you feel about going to see movies by yourself i was always okay with it i and, oh, it, it never love, bothered me and there's it. certain movies that i preferred actually you can know, i
2: I cannot tell literally right now. If you said I could go to a movie, a real movie theater yeah. by myself with popcorn and you know, like the whole, like, but just by my, I I might pay five hundred dollars to go see uh, to, to to go see Alone in the Dark like i i uh, uh to go see battlefield earth like you know what i I'd, I'd spend
1: a hundred dollars to just sit in the theater and eat and have them not even put the screen on <laughs> that's you <know>, fine <laughs> i'll i'll put something on my phone while i sit in the movie theater i'm like yeah let's dive into episode two of tiger king
2: that's right i paid 450 for that and and, yeah. and and 475 for for battlefield earth no i i've uh i've always loved going to movies alone yeah. um yeah, no, I mean uh, I've had many opportunities to do so. Again, previous iterations. Sure. Uh, about right. Myself. Yeah, no, I mean I think uh, I, I think I mean it's it, in theory it's interesting because in, in theory that's a it's not what the medium's supposed to be, right? Yeah. And obviously there's you know I, I don't want to go see Harold and Kumar by myself or whatever. No. Right. You know, but uh, you know that's sort of like B plus drama or action kind of movie. Like absolutely, I'd be very happy to watch it by myself. Um, you <laughs> And uh, yeah, I mean, I I still would if I could, and I always have I sneak out to a movie in the afternoon, two or three people in the theater. Yeah. Um, oh, I love that experience in the summer especially, right? If it's real hot out, there's like nothing better than that kind of semi-empty movie theater in, the, in oh. the middle of summer watching. Oh the- yeah,
1: I, I I went to see Piranha 3D because it was 105 degrees. Yeah. It's, oh. that, you know, and and I I had a great time because it was so stupid. But I look again, you buy that ticket, you know what you're seeing, you know. So oh, that's right.
2: They're they're not they're not pulling anything over yeah. on you. That's right. Right.
1: Exactly.
2: Like, unless it's,
1: well, unless it's in 2D. Uh, other yeah. Than that, well, no, right. if I, yeah. <laughs> wait a minute, it says 3D in the title. That's, uh, uh, yeah. And so, so I, well, I hate to end on a, on a down note, but I, I do wonder what your thoughts are when it comes to, you know, there's a lot of questions about larger yeah, events, yes. but movie theaters, look the way that a lot of them are designed now, you're yeah. already pretty far apart, you know? Uh, mm-hmm. And so but the the occupancy is so small that, you know, then it's like, all right, so now you're going to show a movie for 10 people. Is, is that worth it? And then Mm -hmm. your bigger theater, it's like, all right, well, you're going to have to sit like five seats apart. And I mean, I think in theory it seems okay, but it's, uh, I, I don't know, like, how comfortable are you? And this is I've, I've asked this pretty much yeah. everybody that's on. So this is a hypothetical. Let's say July 1st, movie theaters are open. By the way, when I used to do the hypothetical, I used to say June 1st. Now I have to say July 1st because it doesn't work yeah. about June 1st. So July 1st, movie theaters open. When are you comfortable going to, say it is a movie where you're like, you know what, it's not going to be crowded. It might yeah. only be three people. We'll we'll be pretty far apart. How soon are you comfortable? Like, all right, I'll I'll I'll, I'll check it out. Movie theaters have been open and people haven't gotten sick. Maybe I'll I'll roll the dice.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think uh, first thing uh, are people wearing masks? Uh, Great I question. Is a, is a major question. If if uh, there's a rule, if it's enforced, or even better, if we're enforcing it ourselves, because yeah. it's a smart thing to do. I think I think I could see that I could. Th- get to that point i think i mean for you know the personal situations become the issue right and who you yeah. live with and all that well yeah I mean, it's
1: because possible. we both have and kids i think we would be more careful than, than i
2: people. have a i have a old, my seven my year old mother lives in, in my house as well oh so, sure
1: so that's even more so, like, so. Yeah, that's
2: absolutely. so that's harder but um I, I think i i think i believe that that masks are a big part of this yeah. solution and that would make sense you- here
1: do you think that they would be okay and in the spirit of wearing a mask if I brought my own feed bag filled with popcorn, and so uh, I just strapped it. I would never take it off during the movie, but I would if, be
2: able to eat popcorn as long as you gave it a fancy uh, letter and then number name. <laughs> so if you say this is like the P sixty four, you know, mask yeah. feed bag, then yeah, I think so. Uh, uh, you know, it's it's uh, ideally you know, if you pull, if the packaging is right, yes, I think so. Um, uh, you know, I, I think, yeah, it is kind of a a downer idea, partially because there's always there's, there's been questions about uh, the viability of movie theaters, period. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, so
1: yeah. You know. Yeah. I mean, this, look, they're they're allowed to be open in, in some states and,
2: and regionally matters, too. Right. I'm yeah. in I'm in the a top three or four hotspot here in Boston. Yeah, and
1: I'm in, I'm in Los Angeles. That's so like the number two. So yeah, yeah look, I, I think that there's probably movie theaters in like Montana that have never closed during this. Yeah, and you know, probably and, shouldn't. And they're uh, probably fine. Yeah, and yeah. I think I think that's fine. Uh, my wife and I are very, very far along in the conversation. We're talking about bringing the kids to a drive-in on Saturday because there's a drive-in. Oh, in. That's fun. Yeah. Yeah. There were a lot of a friend of mine who lives near near it had gone, and my wife had a lot of questions about the crowds and uh yeah. the bathroom issue is the biggest problem
2: that's the biggest issue though we, that have like, we have, for a we have one is.
1: child who already wears diapers all the time, so it's less of an issue, yeah. Uh, the other son, you know my son were like, well maybe he could maybe he could learn the uh time honored tradition that that every father should teach. Here's how you pee in a Gatorade bottle, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, and uh, and then, you know, my wife is like, uh, you know what, when her dad used to drive them to Vegas from Orange County, California, they weren't allowed to stop. So oh her and God. her sister learned how to figure out how to, like, pee in a coffee can. Oh, so my God. Like, I'm like, are you sure? But I get it. See, like, look, look, without getting too, you know, without doing a, an anatomical explanation, you and I can walk into a, a restroom and not touch anything in that room, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. Uh, women... Like even if you don't sit, you still you're touching the door. You know you're grabbing toilet paper. So that you know yeah, I completely yeah. understand her being weirded out by that part of it. But we love the idea of going and, and sitting. And for my wife's never been to a drive-in. I actually grew up with one. That's uh, it's actually. I theater. have
2: never been to a drive-in theater. Yeah,
1: the the one that I grew up, uh, it's in Warwick, New York. It's still open. The you know it, yeah. it hasn't ever closed. That's cool. Uh, yeah. And so then the one that's uh, not far from here, it's probably like a half an hour away, and you know. The, there's, a, there's a Sonic, a fast food restaurant near there and their whole business model is you drive up and they bring you your food and you don't get out of your and
2: car. You go to the tr- yeah.
1: So it's yeah, like, yeah, right. all right, so we're, we're tr- you know, look, seven weeks in, we want to do something, but we also want to be responsible, you know?
2: Yeah. So, no, I think that sounds like a great plan. It is true that the, I, I do keep, uh, every, every Sunday I've got a plan and then about, uh, you know, three minutes into thinking I'm like, ah, the bathroom. <laughs> right, we're going to go here, we're going to do that. And it's yeah. like, oh, yeah, that's going to be real tough um yeah, yeah. When
1: we've when we've decided to go for the long walk around the neighborhood the other direction, and then all of a sudden somebody has to go potty and we're like nah.
2: mm, yeah no it's it's a it, it's a problem and well it points to other problems socially like we should, we should, i will never uh we we need public bathrooms once they're once they're safe i'll say that much but yeah, right now,
1: I, I i I definitely agree but anyway so uh I think that I bring it up because I think that look it's a little bit more of a viable opportunity. you have a lot of land that used to be drive-in theaters that are like swap meets and things like actually this place i think has, yeah, has a swap meet. the swap meets closed right now during this so it's like you you can you can get back to the drive-in you know i mean especially in southern california where we don't like to get out of our car anyway you the, get the, dr- the drive-through for sure. line for in and out burger is like an hour i'm like why don't you just get out go this is normal circumstances yeah. get out and like wait for like 15 minutes no nah, no nah, i don't want to get out of the car i'm like well, so you're gonna sit in huh. the line So uh, you know it's it's different cultural space. That's what happens when you when you grow up on the East Coast and you come out here, you're like, Yeah, but don't you want to get out of your car? Like, what? (laughs) No. Know,
2: so. Yeah, no. I mean, the, the issue here is 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 space. Uh, there are a few drive drive through drive, drive in theaters, but they are not they're not close to the city. Um, yeah,
1: right. And currently, there are places where they're actually not open right now. But uh, we just know that this one's open. So. Well, that one
2: seems viable, though, yeah. right? It seems like for, for the summer, uh, especially yeah. that that could be viable. That's an interesting thing. I I I, I will. I'll put that on the list of uh, if we figure out the bathroom problem.
1: Yeah, right, exactly. Well, hopefully the next time we talk we're uh, able to you know sit in a movie theater uh, alone and compare notes and, and, on whatever and, and, Norwegian thriller we've decided to each watch. and, 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 and lick anything we want. Yeah, oh, exactly. Like, like when I, when I could go back to licking door handles, I know. it's a struggle. <laughs> yeah some 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 activities need to be curtailed. Uh, Matt Sinkowitz, the book. The Comedy Studies Reader, as you pointed out, available on Amazon. And uh, where can people find you?
2: Yeah, find me on Twitter at Media Studied. We've given away books, and we've done things we had, like we that can, before. Yeah, we can give away another. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, let's let's give a uh, let's give a. Uh, 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 tell us your worst date movie.
1: Yeah, definitely tell us your worst date movie. And, tell us your worst date movie. Uh, and, and knowing my audience, it's okay if you have a joke one. It, it's fine. You're going you know, to just you're just, gonna get those.
2: Us, just let us know you listened. That's that's Yeah, that, uh, <laughs> that's
1: that's really all it's about. <laughs> that's
2: really it. I'll just just justify justify the last yeah. hour of my life. Uh, <laughs> well, just, uh, Matt, thank you for well, taking
1: the time. Thanks for uh, you know, joining us from the boiler room. And uh, I, I hope we have a, a fun occasion to talk again soon, or possibly a, a, a depressing occasion. Something online with the, the last time we talked, which was the Alf Christmas special.
2: We could do, yeah. We, we'll gauge. Maybe we should go opposite. If it's happy times, we'll go. We'll go. We'll yeah. go with a with with a depressing special. There, if there has depressing.
1: to be another one, you know. We'll like, what safe. other holidays did Alf try and ruin? You
2: know? <laughs> Some research. Excellent. All right. Thanks so much for having me, Christian.
1: All right. Thank you. Thanks to Matt. And again, uh, you can keep in touch with the BlackCast uh, on Twitter. Twitter, at Blackcast, B-L-A-D-T-C-A-S-T, the Blackcast on Facebook, and of course blackcast.com. That is all the time we have now. But we'll see you next time on the Blackcast.
0: All right, several Texas guys are gonna take care of some business, but I'm here to say, have a nice day and listen to
1: the damn show.